What's up there, good peoples? Cameron Northfleet, Century 21, All Points Realty. And I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear what I've got to say. Today, we've got Lisa Lovell. Lisa is a financial professional with Prudential Advisors. And we are talking about how to use life insurance as an investment vehicle. So if you don't know much about uh, life insurance as an investment vehicle, you are certainly in the right place. There's a whole lot of gem dropping in this episode. But before we get to that, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Whether you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to this at, um, be sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you are updated whenever I release a new podcast episode. If you are listening to this with a link that someone sent you, or maybe you just clicked on it on LinkedIn or Facebook or somewhere or one of those platforms and you are interested in one of the areas that I cover being real estate investing, personal finance, or small business, you will certainly want to subscribe. Go to one of those platforms, again, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and plenty others, but those are the main ones, and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you're not following me on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, you are missing out. I put out a lot of quality content uh, in regards to what is going on here in the local market here in Connecticut. And um, I also put out a lot of educational content that can be used anywhere in the United States. So make sure that you're following me there on Facebook. It's just Cameron Norfleet, the investor realtor. Instagram is Cameron Norfleet and YouTube is just Cameron Norfleet or YouTube.com slash Cameron Norfleet. Also, I really don't say this too often, but there is a shortage. There is a shortage of properties available on the market. So if you or someone that you know are looking to sell a home, looking to sell um, one of your investment properties or what have you, please reach out. Reach out to me. Hit me up on my website, www.cameronorfleet.com. Let me know that you are interested in selling your property or you know someone that's interested or even just send them my way. That would be greatly appreciated. That way I can service my buyers and I can help you to accomplish your real estate goals as well. All right. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Lisa Lovell, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. So who are you? What do you do? And how did you get into it? Well, I am the Lisa Nicole Lavelle. Nice. I am a financial professional. I nice. am uh, right now under contract with uh, Prudential. And I work, I operate out of our East Brunswick office here in New Jersey. And I service my clients um, pretty much in a holistic environment by providing them everything from cash management, liabilities type of work information, along with protection vehicles, which is your life insurance, uh, any type of variable products, annuities, mutual funds. And then also on the other end about being able to transfer that wealth through estate planning, wills, taxes, that type of thing, being able to leave a legacy. Right, right. And you mentioned that that you're in um, in New Jersey. You, I am you, New Jersey. Right. You, you obviously write, write uh, policies pretty much anywhere, right? I pretty much can. You know, the blue sky law allows me to do that. Okay, cool. So, um, so, so now you, uh, we, we spoke on the phone a little bit about um, using life insurance as, a, uh, as an investment vehicle. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, life insurance is one of the first things that I talk to anybody that approaches me about wanting to do investments. And it's not because I want to go for the life insurance sale. In fact, I ask the question as to whether or not they have active life insurance beyond what they might have at work through a group policy. And the reason for that is because you, life insurance is the one product that can help you complete 
a um, situation should like if you get into a risky situation and you need to access some funds if you have the right kind of product you can use life insurance to be able to do that so you're not put in a position to self-complete any type of financial hazard that may befall you and by that I mean if you're just a straight investor or maybe you have um, your assets in something that is um, not very liquid your your ability to self-complete some sort of financial disaster like loss of a job or getting injured or sick or hurt and if you're the main person not having a way to complete that other than your own savings or your own app other assets, life insurance is one of those things that can actually, if it's got that cash value, be able to help you access that in, in time of need. What, what do you mean uh, life insurance having cash value? So life insurance comes in several different forms. There's the term product, which is for a period of time, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Then there's permanent products. And a lot of people know the most, the most popular permanent product is the whole life product that a lot of people are familiar with. But then there are other types of variable products that are also permanent that can grow in cash value. Um, you want me to tell you about the difference between yes, them yes, all? Sure, okay, absolutely. so the whole life product is usually issued by a company that issues dividends. So in a year when the company is doing really well, if they're, depending on how your policy is set up, you may get quarterly or annual dividends. So if the company's doing well in that particular quarter, you will, of course, get a return because the company did well, they made a profit, you get a dividend because you're a shareholder in the company. That's what whole life does. It makes you a participant in the profitability of that organization. And they thank you by saying, here's a dividend, which most people will just put it back into the life insurance and have it buy additional coverage. So they might have started off with a I'm being real silly, but maybe a $10,000 whole life product some years ago. And every quarter they kept getting checks because the business was doing really well. And every year that they, every quarter that they get these um, checks, they say, okay, thank you. How much more insurance will that buy me? Oh, get you another $100. So every quarter they might be adding another $100 to the death benefit. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. So uh, how, how, how do these policies stack up to other uh, investment vehicles? Um, if, if, I'm, if I'm thinking, should I invest in the stock market and, and mutual funds and bonds, or should I invest in uh, life insurance? Like how, how, how does that fit into to someone's investment portfolio? Well, let, let's be clear. Life insurance is protecting your risk. It's protecting your assets. And the, the, the way that we would use life insurance for that standpoint, first of all, it is not an investment vehicle. It's life insurance. Gotcha. What the IRS says, though, there are IRS tax codes. So anybody who's got a good CPA, look them up. Test me. I love to be tested. <laughs> IRS says that there are within life insurance that cash value that grows. Anytime you are the recipient or the beneficiary of a life insurance product, you receive those funds income tax free. The challenge is, is that when we were taught about life insurance coming up, it was for who? the people that were left behind after we died. So there was no benefit to us, at least so we thought. But there had always been a tax provision that allowed us, allowed individuals with life, with a variable life insurance product that could go in cash value to be able to access those funds, withdraw the cash value, income tax free, and be able to use it for whatever you need it for. And so, so, 
So, so you say, you're saying that I, I can put money into, uh, into some sort of life insurance policy and then I can use that money for, for, for some other purpose? So your life insurance pay premium, that monthly or quarterly or annual payment that you make, when it comes to variable products that do grow in cash, these products, a portion of your policy, a portion of your premium payment goes towards the death benefit because it's life insurance. That's what you're doing it right. for. Right. The excess is invested in a series of sub-accounts that would, that those sub-accounts that are determined by your risk tolerance. So if somebody says to me, you know what, I'm moderately aggressive, then we would find a stock of, of a portfolio of sub-accounts that would mimic somebody who is moderately, a, a moderately aggressive investor and be able to take the, the extra funds, the additional funds that were part of your premium payment, put those into a separate account and watch that grow in cash value alongside your death benefit. It's not necessarily adding to your death benefit. In some cases it could, but not in all cases. But so you just imagine that you have a $100,000 death benefit policy, you're paying a certain amount for that. That balance, the, the extra money or the, the, the other por portion of your payment goes towards the sub account and that's invested. The important thing, is to make sure we don't create what's called a modified endowment contract by putting too much money into the, into the account. And how do they do that? There's a test, it's called a seven pay test. It says that if the money that you put into extra money that you put into your life insurance uh, policy, if your payment was supposed to be $100 a month and one month you came and said, Lisa, I wanna put in seven, I wanna put in $7,000, well, that's more than seven times 100, which is 700. Right. There's a seven pay test that you have to make sure. And as a financial professional, we're required to protect our clients to make sure that they're not doing anything that's going to put them into something other than the life insurance product where you'd be now taxable. If it becomes a modified endowment contract, now it's taxable. And that's not what you want. We're trying to keep the taxes away. Right, right, for sure, for sure. So here, here's the thing. Um, so now, generally, with with a lot of my podcast uh, guests and all, I I ask questions that I I know the answers to, mm -hmm. but with you, this is gonna be a little bit different <laughs> because. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. So so you know I I do have life insurance, um, mm -hmm. but uh, I I I don't know a whole lot about life insurance. Okay. okay? So so um, who who needs life insurance? Who who, if anyone doesn't need life insurance, and yes, I know I'm talking to someone who's selling life insurance, <laughs> you know, but who, who needs life insurance? Who doesn't need life insurance? Um, how do I know how much life insurance I, I should have? So on and so forth. Can we just go into that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. So when somebody tells me they want life insurance, most of the times they come up with some number. And my first question back to them is, how did you arrive at that number? Oh, well, you know, I just want to make sure that if something happens to me, my family's covered. Okay, well, let's talk about your family. Who's in your family? And I go through this whole long conversation with them. And they're telling me, oh, they just had a, their, their children are five and six years old and they want them to go to college. They're the main breadwinner. The spouse may also be working. There's multiple incomes coming in, but this individual is getting coverage because they want to make sure should something ever befall them that the mortgage taken care of and the, the kids can go to college. Well, that, that 250,000 you thought you might need, that's not going to take care of college. And this is where we start having 
the real conversation about what do you want to see happen should something befall us. And we're all human, so it's not should, it's if and when. Right. When, and so the if and when aspect of it starts with who's dependent on you for income. If your family's dependent on you for income, we put that down. What is your income? We look at that. So how old are your, your children? We figure these days kids are staying home till what? 20 something, 30 something. I was home till 30 something. Gonna talk about that. But um, if your kid, children are staying home till 30, you have to figure that for the next 30 years of your income, that has to be available to them even if you're not here. And the idea of trying to get that much amount of life insurance might seem overwhelming until we start talking about a way to actually bridge some permanent and some term policies. Make sense so far? So, so, so you can have both permanent and-, and you, Oh, absolutely. You can have multiple policies. In fact, a lot of our counterparts tend to have, um, they, the minute a child is born, a minute, they take out a policy. Why? Because, because they not only want to protect their child, and nobody ever wants to think that something terrible will befall your children, but why not at an early age? They are just born. Their health is the best it would ever be, even though for that young, anybody under 18 typically just gets a standard rating until they're over 18. But still, the idea of being able to put some funds aside, which for a, a newborn will be significantly less than someone my age at 53, the, you, you can understand the difference in that. By the time that child is 53, you can only imagine if the, if the sub-accounts were invested for the, you know, the right way, given all that time, um, how that policy can grow. And it's not the same for everybody. One size does not fit all. So when, when you're talking life insurance, the individual that wants to be insured, the insured or, and the policy owner, they're the same person because it could be different. Right. They have to be willing to be able to talk to their professional that's helping them with everything that is in their financial life. What is it that they want to see happen if and when they get sick or hurt or die? Mm -hmm. You have to have that conversation. And that's tough. It's sure. a tough conversation to have. Definitely. So, so hypothetically, and God, please don't let this happen. Let's just say my wife got pregnant right now. Okay. <laughs> you can scratch that part of the conversation. She doesn't want any more kids either. <laughs> but, um, you know, let, let's, let's just say I, I have, I have a newborn. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I, I want to take out a policy on that newborn. Um, so now I would assume that, that it should be a pretty, I don't want to say cheap, but, uh, it should be a pretty cheap policy, pretty inexpensive policy. Now, does that price stay that price for the duration of, of that child's life? Okay. So, yeah, so when, when that child is 50, 60, yeah. 70 years old, okay, yeah. gotcha. But it's, I mean, at the same time, you're, you're, you're putting money in that, that whole time as well. So, yes. I mean, that, that's something that, that you have to factor in as well. Yes, you know, um, there's a slide, I don't have it available, otherwise I would talk from it, but it talks about what somebody who's even 25 years old, putting aside 25 bucks a week, could do. And how do I get 25 bucks a week? Because I know somebody's listening, they're going to say, I don't have $25, I got to pay, the, and, and I need my Starbucks, well, hold on. Uh, 
one i like starbucks too and every time i go i know i would spend at least five bucks oh yeah at least five times sure. five is 25 right there <laughs> stop taking just for one week i ain't telling you stop your starbucks habit but mm. for one week don't go to starbucks that's 25 mm. bucks you can invest in yourself that right. multiplies so you imagine you're doing that for a newborn and it's a permanent policy that grows in cash value there's an opportunity you right. know it, that's not the only way to have to protect a child you can always just take out a policy for yourself as the parent or as the guardian of the child. As long as you have an insurable, an insurable interest in the child, you take out that policy and, and um, basic, you can take out a policy on yourself and have a children's writer. You're the parent. So you can add the child's writer as part of your policy. And why that's good, it's not separate. It's not a separate payment. It's included in your payment already. But you can always, when the child hits a certain age, I believe it's either 18 or 21, depending on who you're getting your policy with, when they eat, hit that age of maturity, then that policy can be gifted to them. And then they can keep making the payments on. So now that becomes, instead of a rider, something that rides alongside your policy while they were under your care, now that they're adults, you can give that to them as a gift. Here you go, keep paying, bye. You know, gotcha. and, and gotcha. of course, it's going to continue to grow in cash value. Right. Um, is is there any type of person that probably doesn't need life insurance? Let, let's let's just can, can I self insure? You know, let, let's let's say I'm I'm a multi billionaire. Do I need life insurance? You know, if, if I have all these assets that um that that can pretty much take care of all my expenses. You know, um, so mm -hmm. does everybody need life insurance? Is it possible to be in a position where you don't need it? Okay, so I'll tell you a little bit of, a little bit into the, the, the character that is Lisa Lavelle. I have no children, two double dual income household, me and my husband both working, no children, got a little dog. He's just suing, he takes all my money. Right. People would probably think, Lisa, you don't need insurance. I would challenge that because insurance today is not what our parents or grandparents had. Today's insurance have riders, things that come alongside the policy. For example, what if I didn't die, but I got sick or hurt? Well, people say, oh, well, that's what uh, short-term disability is for. And that's what long-term disability. Or I'll get social security disability income. Or I got workers' comp. Well, that's nice. All of those things are taxable and reportable as income. But if I had a permanent policy that if I went down and got sick or hurt and I couldn't work, it's considered where I... It's a chronic illness, something I'll recover from, but I just, you know, maybe I had hip replacement and I can't do at least two of what they call the six activities of daily living. I need help getting dressed. I need help, you know, eating. I need help grooming, whatever it is. I look like I need help grooming right now, but whatever it is. Look fine, look fine. <laughs> whatever it is. If it, if it meets two of those six activities of daily living, you can actually turn on income from the death benefit of your policy if it has that chronic illness rider. Not every company offers it, not every policy provides it, but depending on the client and the individual and their needs, maybe you're in a high risk job, maybe you're working in construction, or maybe you're, you know, you're, I don't know, maybe you're a driver, a race car driver or something. But all of those things come into consideration as to do I need insurance because it's not insurance for the people that you're going to get the money when you die this is insurance saying that you know something happened to Lisa and she's still you know she's still of the age that she can work she ain't retired yet 
but she's down for a bit. Yes, let's access some of that death that death benefit and send it to her in the form of a check. Income tax free. There's no federal income taxes we're paying on that because it's a life insurance and you're the beneficiary. I'm alive, but I am the beneficiary of this life insurance. It is still income tax free, so long as it doesn't go outside the IRS tax guidelines. And that's why the professionals help you do that. So, okay, so I just want to understand that a little bit more. So, so I'm contributing to uh, this life insurance policy. Um, So something was to happen or whatever. And so you're saying that they would actually cut me a check, whether that be weekly, monthly, biweekly, whatever the case may be monthly. Okay. So, um, so that they would cut me a, a check and not, is that basically the, basically them giving me back the money that I put in? Is that something other than that? Like how, how, how does that work? So the thing with life insurance, if you can imagine it this way, I tell people life insurance is, well, if you want to buy discounted money, like get $10 for $1, that's an exaggeration, but an example of that $10 for $1, who wouldn't take that? That's life insurance. Right. You will never, and if you do, come talk to me. If you've paid more than the face value of your policy, go back to the person that sold it to you. Because if they're not talking to you, they miss, you're missing out. You're, you should be, where was I going with this thought? <laughs> I was answering which question? <laughs> uh, we, 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 no, we we're talking about, uh, about income and, and all oh, that. Yeah. Yes. So how it works is that if you're with a company that provides this chronic illness rider, I can't mm-hmm. speak for every company, but I can only speak for the one that I represent right now. <laughs> I'm not representing them, but the one that I am contracted with. Um, they have an, a, a chronic illness writer that works this way. You take out the policy today, next year, something happens. Doctor says, Cameron, uh, you're gonna be home for a period of time while you recover from this surgery or whatever. And um, you can't help yourself because you need somebody to come in and help you. Even if it's your spouse, or even if you had to bring in somebody to help you, they say, okay, when your doctor sends his letter to us and says Cameron can't do the two of these two things for himself, two of these activities of daily living, um, the doctor verifies it, Prudential works that out with them, and they will say, we're going to sign a check, we're going to look at your death benefit, and if your death benefit had this rider on it, we will turn on the rider. What happens when that rider is turned on? One, you stop making your premium payment because you're sick. Mm. Two, they start sending a check for anywhere from two to 4%. So long as it's within the IRS guidelines, they send a check. So let's use 2% of $100,000. They'll send you 2% of that for up to 50 months. Well, two times 50, that's 100,000. So you would dwindle it down. But let's say you took 50,000 and then you come back and say, Lisa, you know, I'm feeling better. I'm actually going back to my full duties. I don't need to take this anymore. I don't need you to send me any more checks checks stop coming. We recalculate your death benefit. It's now 100,000 minus 50. It's now 50,000. And then the premiums recalculated based on the 50,000, not the 100. Gotcha. Make okay. sense? Yes. And yes. But, but all of this money that was coming to you is coming in the form of a monthly check to you. There's no taxes taken out. There's no taxes due. It's not reported as income. It, you are now the beneficiary of your life insurance product. Wow, that's awesome. I, I've, I've never heard that before. It's an, it, these are, so this is why I started off with 
the insurance that our parents and grandparents knew, mm -hmm. this wasn't available to them before. This right. wasn't there. But it has been around for some time, and many of us don't even know that it exists, that we can do a thing like that. Right. Um, the, there's the, the, uh, the age-old um, conversation debate of what's better, term life or whole life, or should I say permanent, uh, a permanent policy? What, what, how, how would one determine which is best for them? Again, it's not, it's not a cookie cutter thing. It depends on what that person's needing. I tend to usually do um, term products when young families or individuals are just starting out and they have a lot of assets. Maybe they have a mortgage and they've got young children and they've got other student loan debt and stuff to cover. So we assess all of that debt liabilities, all those assets and figure out what's your, what's your, you know, what is it that you need to have provided should something befall you. And so it might be a million, it might be two, it might be three. In that scenario, I would suggest the higher that, that amount, maybe getting a term policy for a period of time. Why? How long is a mortgage? 30 years, max. Mm. You're 25 or 35, 45, 30 years from now, you're 75, 65 or 55. <laughs> so either way, by the time that mortgage is done, you no longer need to keep a term policy. So when the term ends, you're good. You don't have to worry about that. But the problem is term does not grow in cash value. So alongside that, I tell people, Get the maximum with the term. Don't, oh, don't keep it for forever. Let it go to the term because once you get beyond that, that level payment just drops off and now you're paying some ungodly amount. Mm. But also get maybe a permanent one, a smaller permanent amount and let that start to grow in cash value that you can you know, access later on. So while you're doing the term to cover your assets and your, your, I mean, or your debt, you know, in the early years, as that starts to go away, we can get rid of that term. And now maybe we can increase the permanent amount. Um, how that works too is maybe even if the client can only do just term to start. I don't, can't speak for every company, but the company I represent, they allow your term policies to be convertible. There's a term conversion. And why that's good is because it locks in your insurability. And insurability is one of the major impacts on how much your premium will be. It'll be your age and how healthy you are. And that's what I mean by insurability. So if you, if you buy insurance at 25 when you're young and fit and it's term and, right, and, and so in 30 years, you're now 55, before that term policy ends, Prudential says, you know what? We're gonna let you convert that. You're allowed to convert it at the earlier of the year before your policy ends or turning age 65. So if you took it out at 25 when you're healthy and your insurability is locked in, when you're 55, you can convert some or all of that into a permanent policy without having to go back through underwriting. The only thing you'd have to worry about is your payment would go up, of course, because now you're older and age is one of the other determining factors on how much premium you pay, but yeah. Um, it, it, it's not a bad deal. But again, when you get into whomever you're getting your insurance with, by all means, make sure you understand when, if it's convertible, how do you have to convert it? Do you have to go back through underwriting? Ask those questions. And if they tell you, yeah, you got to go back through, then come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> got you. Got you. So, I mean, there, 
you know, everybody's situation is going to be different. You know, I, I can ask a, a bunch of questions that may apply to me or may apply to, you know, someone that, that I know or what have you, but, you know, someone else that's listening may, may have a million questions that I'm not going to think of and so on and so forth. So, you know, at the end, you know, I'm going to have you give your, your, uh, your, your contact information just in case anybody, you know, wants to reach out or what, or what have you. But um, we also spoke on the phone at, at one point about um, how you work with business owners on with uh, like golden handcuffs and, and, and things of that nature. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, that's awesome. One of the challenges that many small business owners have, and those are the business owners I tend to work with, and you know, small business is not small business, okay? So, <laughs> right, right. Um, sure. A lot of times, what the challenge is to the business owner is they might get a really good person able to do everything that they need, but because they're a small company, they can't pay them the same salary that a Fortune 500 would. So what happens? You lose that individual to a larger firm or they go on and do something else with somebody else that can give them the compensation. We work with business owners based on how their company is set up that they might be able to introduce key person insurance. That's that golden handcuffs because it allows you to provide an opportunity using life insurance to grow some cash value that you can then transfer or gift to the employee. But it encourages them to say, and again, you, we would sit down and work with your attorneys to make sure that the terms of this is all well-spoken because the terms are not included in the policy. The terms are set by you, the business owner, and your, and your um, attorney. And basically, when we have those conversations, I'm there, attorney's there, you're there. Only person that might not be there is a key person. <laughs> that right, the right. person that might be insured, but we'll, you know, it, we, they would definitely have to come into the conversation at some point in time. For sure. But the idea is, is that the business owner is using business funds to 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 grow an asset for an employee who is who is very important to the business. If that person was to leave, things would come to a screeching halt, and that's the way that we would use um, that that kind of golden handcuffs or key person insurance to encourage the employee to stay. Because if you told them that after 10 years of continued service, that they would be able to have X number of dollars available to them, who wouldn't want to take that? And they didn't have to pay for it and they don't have to pay taxes on it. Who wouldn't have to, who wouldn't want to do that? So to make sure that those things can happen, this is why we want to get the other professionals involved in that conversation. So it's not just a straight, come talk to your financial professional about insurance and it's done. No, we want to make sure that even when you transfer it or when the, the other person takes ownership of it, that we're doing our best to address any tax situation that could come up that is handled on the front end and that we're monitoring it all along to make sure that you're getting the maximum benefit as the business owner and then that your employee who you're, you're encouraging to stay with this policy also gets the maximum benefit out of the product. Right. For sure. Awesome. So like I said, we, we, we're kind of just kind of uh, touching on, on a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to go in depth because like I said, everybody's situation is, is different and you know, there's different uh, compliance issues that, that we don't want to get into. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, um, so we'll leave that at that. And, um, but uh, there was also, we had spoken about um, asset protection and mortgage insurance. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. So I, I, I went back and talked to my, my, the rest of my team that's more versed in that than I am. Yep. And so from, from a standpoint, I think we were talking about, was it PMI insurance? Yes. That mortgage protection insurance? Okay. Yep. 
if you know and, and typically that happens when we're not able to pull down put down the full i think 20 percent that most companies ask for they'll come back and say okay you can't do it do 10 and then we're going to tack on this insurance protection okay great that's from the mortgage broker i can't touch that i can't do anything with that that's between your lender and you but what they also do is they'll go back and say because they all have relationships with insurance companies they'll say you know what while we're protecting this you might want to protect your life so that in case something happens you can pay off the mortgage and they'll connect you with their insurance company who doesn't care what standard you are they're going to put you into some basic rating that doesn't even necessarily match your underwriting if you're in excellent health and you may be paying for something that's tacked into your insurance at an exorbitant amount you're paying you're 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 adding it to your mortgage payment which is usually what they do so now in you're adding interest on it which if you just had a your own personal life insurance to protect the value of your home you're only making a regular monthly payment there's no interest tacked onto that or anything else that you would have to pay and so that's the the angle that i was talking from and having gone back and talked to the folks in our advanced planning team that's how something like that could work so it, it really is if the mortgage companies telling you do it by all means yep. that's what you got to do but if they come back and say something like you know what you should also get insurance i would encourage you to shop it around shop sure. around don't just sure. fall into the I got to take it because that's the mo they just trying to help their buddy, partner, friend, which is what we all do to some extent. But your best bet would be to shop around or find an agent that can shop it around for you. Right. So we had kind of touched on a lot of things here, you know, and, and again, we just touched the scratch the surface on a lot of topics. Um, so if someone wanted to to get more information from you about any or everything that, that, that we spoke about here today, how would they contact you? Best way to contact me is these <laughs> days my cell phone and my email, because I, I keep I keep it right here. It's I always on me. <laughs> I hear you. I so hear my you. cell phone, it's a business cell phone. It's 908-463-8652. And my email address is very simple. It's my first name, Lisa, L-I-S-A, dot Lavelle, that's love, L-O-V-E-L-L. -L. So lisa.lavelle at prudential.com. Just that simple. Awesome. I usually offer anybody, if any of your listeners would like to take me up on this, I always extend a free 30-minute 30, 30 uh, consultation. You can, and th these days I can do that over the phone. Um, unless you got more questions, we'd only be about 15 to 20 minutes. But if you got, if your clients have, if your listeners have questions, they're always free to, you know, chat with me a little bit longer, but that would be open to them. I'd extend that to you and to any of your listeners. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, I, I definitely thank you for taking the time to, uh, to, to speak with us today. Um, do you have anything else that you would like to, to add or pretty much good. Now, other than, you know, this environment and the things that are going on in the world has really, you know, just kind of propelled me to do something like, like what you're talking about. What we're doing right here is educating people. And, and I am a financial professional that believes in leading with education. I spent 10 years as an adjunct professor. I love to teach. I find that the more I teach someone something, the more I learn. And so I encourage any of your listeners again if they are looking for opportunities to have a you know participate in any of my free webinars things like that that i'm holding 
you get the crowd together, I'll bring the webinar nice. and I'll help educate people because that's what we need to do right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, I definitely thank you for taking the time out of your busy Saturday. I had to think about that today's Saturday, right? Yes. Saturday. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, every day is a weekday for me. <laughs> Same here. I told yeah. you I had two appointments already before I talked to you. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> But um, I, I definitely thank you for, uh, for taking the time to, uh, to speak to me and uh, give some, some um, you know, good content to my audience. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, but uh, as for everybody else out there, as always, thank you for your time. Make it a great day.